You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Kraft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present, and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Kraft. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Empowering Process podcast. My guest with me today is Elaine Blaze, and Elaine is a life coach. She is a personal life coach. Mid, she calls herself a midlife troublemaker, which we hopefully will get into, which is amazing. She's an author, spiritual practitioner, with a passion for helping midlife women live into their dreams. And so one of the things that um, Elaine said to me was that she is a self-proclaimed, she self-proclaimed midlife troublemaking, having disrupted the status quo in her own life at the age of 50. So we can talk about that as well, about that, that crisis time and returned to college ending a 35 year marriage. Can you imagine? That's fantastic. And she had to reinvent herself reinvent her life. There was a lot of shame. So we're going to talk about that as well for not being satisfied with life, shame and guilt and so on and so forth. We could go on and on and all of that will be in the notes when we're done. But Elaine, welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, Gail. And oh. thank you for that introduction. <laughs> well, it's going, to, it's, <laughs> it's going to be in, interesting because we're we're going to talk about um, about crises, whether it's a midlife crisis or any change. So, like for for me, crises happened. Um, so when I was a child, I was told. I want to be a ballerina. I got accepted to the Boston School of Ballet. I think I want to want this to be my career. Oh, you can't do that. You're just going to get married and have babies. Oh, okay. So I want to go to college and I want to get a degree. And nope, you can't do that. You're just going to get married and have babies. And so the the programming was, well, you can't do anything but get married and have babies. Mm -hmm. So what happened? I got married, had a baby crisis at 24. I'm divorced with a one and a half year old on welfare, sitting there going, well, now what? <laughs> I did what I was told I was supposed to do. It was a horrific experience for both of us, both him and me. And um, now what am I going to do? And you know, my life took a, a, a crazy turn, but that's a crisis. It's an unplanned for event, right? where you have to set yourself free. You have to set yourself free. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. And um, it's interesting because I think that um, those crises are actually serving us, although we don't realize it at the time, right? So my story is a little different, although the childhood part is not so, di so different. <laughs> you know, I grew up Catholic. I grew up with very stoic parents. And um, there was only one way to do anything, and that was the right way. And so I spent a lot of my childhood learning to people please. 
um, learning that I was wrong for being me, right? Don't feel that way. Don't be so loud. Don't be this. Don't be that. There were a lot of don'ts. And um, so I followed the rules. I did all the things I thought I was supposed to do. And the women in my life were all women who stayed home, raised their families, um, didn't work. So I didn't have examples of women who went out and created lives for themselves. So I got married very young. um, And I was married for a long time. Most of it was good until it wasn't. And I just reached a point in life where I was miserable and shaming myself for not being happy with what I had because I had it all, right? I had a, a good husband. My my then husband was a wonderful guy. I had three great kids. I had a career that I had created for myself, the house, the car, two dogs, all of the things. And I was miserable. And I think a lot of that Catholic upbringing was you should be happy with what you have always. And I wasn't. And so there was a lot of shame underlying that. And so for me, the crisis came in starting to live life for myself as my children started to move out and realizing that something had to change. And it was probably me. Well, what's interesting is before we recorded, we were talking and one of the things I wrote down was I I was taught to play small, mm. to always play small. And so even now as an entrepreneur in business, I played big, right? In business, I did not play small. I was, I was fearless in business, in corporate, but as an entrepreneur, I find that frequently I have to stop myself and go, if I were a man, would I make the same choice? Hmm. Yeah, I, I can completely relate to that. Um, I think for me, I spent 25 years in corporate before walking away, voluntarily, by the way. Um, and I think the thing that made that work for me for so long is that sort of the people-pleasing thing under that. They, somebody gave me instructions on what to do, and I made it happen. So I had this, I had this uh, plan to follow, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was easy in a sense. I did some really fabulous things in the corporate world. Me too. I loved it. Um, And I, I don't regret any of it. It certainly taught me a lot about myself. Um, But I had a plan to follow. Stepping out of that and into entrepreneurship, I had to do this for myself. And underneath it all, having that that sort of um, foundation of playing small as a child, it took a lot to really step out and start to play a bigger game mm-hmm. for myself instead of for someone else. And know that you're as worthy as that someone else was to receive that gift. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Right. And and I, I do believe um, that that's at the heart of forgiveness. When we talk about, um, you know, the shame and the holding back and, you know, the, the lessons that we learn through life, forgiving me for what I thought were mistakes was a huge step, a huge step. And what's really interesting, and we touched on this, Elaine, is that 
every bomb that blew up was ultimately for my best interest because I wouldn't listen to my instinct and do what I was feeling I should out of fear, out of shame, out of, oh, I'm, I'm not worthy to do that. Whatever the reason doesn't matter. The fact is there were many choices that I made that were small. And when I did that, I really had major upheavals in my life occur, right? So now I don't play small anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, earlier too, we were talking about, you know, the body being the unconscious mind and how as a child for me, and I think for many women, this is true, we're taught to dismiss our feelings, right? Our feelings don't matter. Don't feel that way. Don't get angry. Don't do this. Don't be loud. Don't all of those things. So we learn, or we don't learn rather, to trust ourselves. We learn to trust people outside of us. And it it takes a lot of intentional work to begin to really trust your body, to begin to trust yourself, or at least have, it has for me. It has and, for and, me. To, and to listen to it. So as a child, I had tonsillitis on a regular basis. They ne- were never removed. So every three months, the doctor would come and I would be shot up with penicillin or whatever. Huh, throat chakra. I wasn't able to voice my my opinion, okay? I had ulcers by the time I was 13. The stress of not being seen and not being heard ate away at my ulcers. I had chronic constipation starting at the age of eight. Talk about holding in so much pain and shame and anger. I was, I was holding the family issues as mm-hmm. though they were my responsibility to solve. Yeah. Right? And, um, and no one saw any of this as a problem. No, we just call the doctor and we get something for it. Right. Not right. yeah. We, we don't live in a culture where we listen to our body and we, you know, it took me a long time to understand that when I have those issues, there's something greater happening for me, actually, not to me, but for me, this is a message from my body that I'm not paying attention to something. I'm not paying to my attention to myself in a way that I, that I need to. And so I I grew up with that idea. I did that for a long time. Oh, I'd run off to the doctor because there's something wrong with me. And now I'm like, oh, there's nothing wrong here. This is my body telling me to either slow down and rest or I'm holding on to something, but there's a message in there for me. And or you're in a situation that you have to leave. That I have to leave. That was true with my corporate job. That was so true with my corporate job. It was, it got to a point where I was just felt, um, it felt soul crushing. It was really difficult to go every day. And I can remember making the decision to leave and some of the people that I was close to in that organization saying, oh, don't wait it out, do this, do that. I knew better. I could have done all of those things, but I knew better my body was telling me that it was time to go. And I walked out of there and felt such a sense of relief and freedom. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew I had to walk away. And trusting 
that I would find my way, really. And and absolutely. And so I I do want to um, say that that this is not corporate bashing, right? No. Because for some people, the very situation that caught because corporate there was you know my last job was really horrific for me, and horrific for me. I want to be specific because it didn't align with me. It was my issue, not the company's issue, not the people that I reported to issue. I was not the right fit for, for that particular situations because the situations where I was the right fit, I, I was on the board of directors of, of a national insurance company. You know, I was head of, of an international company's major initiatives. This particular job, I knew day one was wrong, but didn't leave because of fear, because of whatever. Um, and that you had at least the intestinal fortitude to listen to your body and take action. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It had it was not about anyone else. It wasn't about the organization I was in. Um, I think I could have easily made it about that, but mm -hmm. I knew it wasn't that at all. My values no longer aligned with where this organization was going. It's simple right. as that. It's just not a fit. It's like any relationship that isn't working anymore. Right? There's outlived, no blame. Outlived its lifespan. There is no blame. Right? Um, and for me, it was um, it was probably one of the best choices I've made in my life. Really, I have not looked back. You know, um, I have a friend who is a, a coach, and he says it's just a season changing. Yeah, I love that. Right? Yeah. It's just a season changing, right? And it doesn't matter if you're stepping into spring or winter, it's still just a season. And if you look at there's two things, is everything being a season, therefore change is going to happen, right? And change is yeah. going to happen, um, happens every day. And if we're here to play, which I believe we are, then life is just an experiment. And so if you look at your choices, this is philosophy of Gil, as an experiment, what happens when you're in a lab? I'm going to combine this and this and this and this. Whoop, it blew up. Okay, so I had too much of that, I think. Okay, let's change the formula a little bit. But when something we experiment with blows up, oh, I'm awful, I'm stupid, I'm not capable. No, okay, what did I, what, what for me do I need to tweak to make it work next time? Yeah, imagine if Einstein thought everything that went wrong was, was about him. <laughs> we wouldn't, we wouldn't have all of this amazing, you know, oh, theory. Oh my, God. oh my God, you know, and, and I love Einstein because his, you know, theory of relativity, speed of light. I mean, he was riding on a light beam. Yes. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so that feeds into, so I'm a keynote speaker and, and my keynote is about crafting the flow formula. Mm -hmm. Right. And Einstein was in flow all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, you know, so what does that mean? That's, you know, you want to know what that means? Hit me up, guys. I'll explain it to you. <laughs> I think the interesting thing, too, about that is um, he was in flow all the time. And for him, flow included play. Right. It includes illness, quiet, reflection. 
it wasn't this sort of go, 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 busy, busy productivity that we're all sort of wrapped up in, wondering why we're burnt out and exhausted all the time. You know, and, um, you know, the, the phrase that a lot of the folks that I um, align with use a lot is do the work. And many of them are men. And when they say do the work, they mean hunt, kill, right? And mm. I hear them say do the work and I think meditate. <laughs> right okay you got go hunt kill i'm going to sit here and meditate i'm going to actually mm-hmm. connect right um and many of them want to do what i do but they're stuck in this role play that they believe so just as much as we as women were so to play small they believe they're not man enough if they don't play big enough mm-hmm. absolutely right the total opposite you know so they're they have their stressors as well and I'll tell you and I'm sure Elaine you feel the same way I coach both men and women I coach individually as well as corporately um I uh, coach many people on the process of getting into flow right male female teams corporate leaders followers they all have the same problem mm-hmm. you're all the same surprise surprise right? So when you're talking about the midlife change, right? We all assume that when we hear midlife crisis, we're talking about the man who goes out, you know, finds a younger woman, leaves his wife in the you know middle of his forties. I'm sorry. I went through that. I went through that, you know, so I was with a man, my second marriage for 23 years. And um, we were together 23 years, married close to 20 of that. And I started seeing a psychologist because I was bawling my eyes out going home and I didn't want to go home. Mm. And I went to see what was wrong with me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what was wrong with me? Right. What, why am I so messed up again, playing small? And, and I wanted, you know, a woman who understood women's issues. I, you know, when I looked for someone to work with and she said, you're at the point in your life, and this is changing seasons, guys, where you're looking back at what you have done and you're looking forward to what this does this mean moving forward. And you're actually deciding you don't want to go forward this way. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We get stuck in an old paradigm, the old way of being. And um, typically in my experience and with my clients is when we're feeling stuck or when we're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, they're all of those things that we think are wrong, right? I shouldn't feel this way, or I don't want to feel this way. We want to dismiss it. We are very often shifting a paradigm. We are, everything is, everything is energy, including us. The world is always in motion. Change is constant, and so we are, we continue to change. And when we are attached in a way to the way life is or the way it has been, or it's supposed to be the way it's supposed to be, and, and we can't quite see our way to letting that go yet. That's typically when we are in that place of, you know, crying every day when we go home, because we are, we, we have this idea that this should be, and it's moving. Right. And it's moving and we're not moving with it. So right. I feel stuck. Well, yes. 
but if you weren't stuck, what would you do? That's right. You, you would continue, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so yes, get, being stuck is is actually actually a good thing for for the moment. It's staying stuck. That's not a good thing. That's where the ulcers come in. That's when the body injuries come in. That's where, you know, um, most illnesses, most diseases get created. Mm-hmm. Because right? we're at dis-ease in our life. Right. In our body. Right. And so, and we ignore it and we ignore it. So for, for me, I call it, you get the whisperer, Gail, it's time for a change. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> you get the tap on the shoulder, Gail. Hey, it's time for a change. Get off my shoulder, right? You get the little push, Gail. It's time for a change, and you push back. I literally sometimes have had to be pushed through the brick wall mm-hmm. yeah. for me to wake up and say, "Oh, oh, you were talking to me, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I'm the one. Do you want to change? Oh, okay, right." Um, Whereas you got the whisper. And so, you know, the first step, once you go through that brick wall, is to not look back and feel shame about not listening. Because that's when you go, oh my God, look at all the signs. I had to sign here, I had to sign here, sign, right? If only, if only I'd listened. If, if only, only if only, only, if only, no. right? But to forgive yourself for not, and learn what do I need to do so that next time I get a message, maybe I don't need the brick wall, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe just the push. Right now, let's just go to the push. And after the push, right, maybe I'll hear, feel the tap on the shoulder, right? Okay, I felt the tap on the shoulder. Okay, now I'm listening for the whisper, right? And after you listen to the whisper, and this is forgiving yourself for not, when you listen to the whisper, then you're not listening to the whisper anymore. You are the whisper. Oh, absolutely. And the more you become aware of what's happening in your body, of what you are feeling and how those feelings are showing up and where they're showing up and and what they're there for, which is to guide you, the easier it becomes to hear the whisper. Right? Absolutely. Right. <laughs> right. And and it And you can't get there without forgiving yourself. I think all forgiveness is self-forgiveness quite it's all. It's all, it's all, it's all for me. It's yeah. all to set myself free. It has nothing to do with anyone else. Right. Right. So um, I did have a conversation with someone and, you know, I won't get into her specifics, but, you know, she had some pretty horrific things happen to her in her life that, you know, you can make a Hollywood movie off of. It was ridiculous. And um, she said, yeah, like, I can't forgive those men, three of them. And um, I said, well, because of that experience, you're doing some amazing things in your life to teach children how to be aware Mm -hmm. and how to avoid falling into that kind of a trap. So there was a gift that you got from that experience that you're now sharing and paying forward. So you can let go of the anger towards them without having to forgive them do not give them permission to own any part of your energy anymore exactly right and so it's like 
thank you very much for for ending and I'm you know that's there and that's in the past and I have this gift that I'm bringing forward now yeah right, to, to just kind of leave it you know um you know bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people <laughs> right there because there is no good or bad per se Right. right. There is, there is it, um, who is it that says, oh, it's Shakespeare, right? Uh, there is no good or bad. It is only thinking that makes it so. It's what how we interpret what happens to us. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't be angry when bad things happen to us. No. It's okay. Be angry. Right. Right. Anything. That is a true emotion needing to come through and be processed. And when we hold on to that, that's what puts us at dis-ease. That's when the ulcers come out. That one's ulcers, right? Hanging on to anger is ulcers, yeah, right? Absolutely. And then how do I want to move forward with my life? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's, and that's just it. Um, I have this, one of the first trainings I ever did a decade ago, and it was managing through change. And I talk about the change cycle, like, Hey, I got proposed to, I'm getting married. This is fantastic. Oh, what does that mean? That means we're going to have bills together. That means, oh, I'm going to have to pick up his dirty socks. That means I'm going to have, right. And so you go from elated to the reality of what that might mean. Right. And when you hit the bottom, right, sometimes you kind of wallow there for a while before you start going up and into acceptance and then moving forward. Right. Um, I talk about, you know, when I, I say I worked in a company that didn't align with me, I ended up getting fired. And I was so angry about it. And when I gave this presentation, you know, I didn't see the gift until about a year and a half later, you know, um, but I, I told tell them I wallow. I not only wallowed in this anger curve, I rolled around in the mud, I, you know, I, I threw it all over me, right? <laughs> I was like, and it's to the point where I couldn't stand who I had become. Hmm. Right. And so did I forgive what happened? Uh, not at first, but I did leave it there. I did say, well, this thing happened and now it's over. So dust off yourself, put your big girl panties on and go do something with your life. Make some decisions about what you do want now that you know what you don't want. Absolutely. Joseph Campbell and the, you know, the hero's journey, right? right? Typically where we find our purpose comes out of our most challenging difficulties in life. That's how I became a coach. Me too. Right. Completely by mistake, right? Yeah. <laughs> Completely by mistake. It was really, really kind of crazy. Um, and it's, and it's my calling and it's, and it's my purpose, but honestly, you know, I can say now, years later, do I forgive? I understand. I don't know if that's forgiveness, but I, it, I, there's no energy there anymore. There's no spark there anymore. Um, I actually feel a little sorry for some of the people who played that role, the role, a part of that role. Um, I see them as hurt um, and in pain. I see their pain, right? Mm -hmm. If you're, if, if you're, purposely putting pain on someone and there was purposeful actions there and there was intention um 
if you're purposely doing that, then you are acting out of such dislike for yourself. Right? Oh my God. Because if I'm just a reflection of you, you're hurting you. Yeah. Right. And if I'm angry and throwing anger spares, I'm throwing them at me. Absolutely. Because I was feeling it. We're all one. Yes. Behind the behind the veil, there is only one of us, right? There is one source of life, and we are all extensions of it. So I like to think about it as the sun and sunbeams, right? So we're all sunbeams from this greater sun, this greater energy that exists. So whatever I do, I'm doing to myself. Right. Where if it's harmful, I'm harming myself. If it's generous and loving, I'm giving that to myself as well. I'm always giving to myself whatever it is that I'm carrying. Right. And, you know, people can call call that the universal law of karma if you want. Whatever you want to call it. Right. Call it whatever you want. It's I can't even say the word, but there's another word for karma that's a little bit more educated. (laughs) And it is the universal law. Um, Because what you give out, you're going to get back. Mm -hmm. Right. And you may not, it, it's going to come back differently, but it, that energy, that type of energy is is going to come back and it's immediate. Karma is immediate. It's not, you know, in your next lifetime. It's not in your next experience. It's not in your new journey. It is energy. So it is immediate. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Elaine, yeah. how can people get in touch with you if they want to know more and if they're interested for sure in this transition period of their life and working with someone? Yeah, so um, I can be found on my website, which is elaineblaze.com and that's E-L-A-I-N-E-B-L-A-I-S.com. Um, and one of the things that I have done more recently in my life, another step into this midlife foray for me, is I sold everything I own, my house and everything, and bought an RV. So I am wandering. I'm living a nomadic lifestyle for a while, coaching from the road. And that journey is on Instagram at Elaine, at Elaine Blaze Coaching. Elaine Blaze Coaching on Instagram. You can follow me there. Um, I am right now at home. Well, home for me is in Rhode Island with family and we'll be heading back on the road in a couple of weeks, heading south for a while. Oh, fantastic. Um, we'll talk about that when this is done. So thank you, everybody. This is Gail Craft from the Empowering Process Podcast. And if there's a question that came up for you during this conversation, by all may- means, note it. And maybe Elaine and I will have a chance to get back together and answer your question. If you know someone who could benefit from this conversation, share it out to them. As always, I ask you to love this, like it, let us know what you thought and subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is available. Thank you, everybody. And bye-bye, Elaine. Thanks so much, Gail. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast. Be sure to visit Gail at gailcraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, Be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.